You're listening to Established, a podcast at Chess Mountain Church. What is up, Established Podcast? It is a dreary, rainy Wednesday morning, but I am the most excited to be here. I'm your host, Kelsey, with my co-host, Reverend BB wow. himself. Reverend. Reverend. Yeah, I figured I'd lob out that title. Yeah, At mean, some point, I should address you formally, perhaps. It's true. Thank you. You're I welcome. appreciate it. Formally. It was like the most informal, formal I've ever been. Reverend BB. <laughs> but, you know, here we are <laughs> in the podcast studio. Man, in the podcast studio with a reverend and with a young professional this morning at our table, we have Joel Sneed with us. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> <laughs> Joel, why don't you tell everybody what's up and give us a couple of fun facts about yourself. Help the people know you. Young professional. I was looking. Yeah, around, young professional. I, I was looking around the table to see who you might be talking. <laughs> it certainly me. wasn't me. <laughs> well, I'm a young seventy-four. I reckon. Come on. Come on. But uh, I bring with me today a background in geology and geography and other sciences to this uh, discussion of creation. Come on. Um, before we go any further, let me say first and foremost, I'm a Christian. Yeah. And that situation uh, has caused some interesting discussions sometimes with other people, being both a Christian and a scientist. Yeah. Mm. And it's something where, you know, I don't try to do any arguing either way, but just mm-hmm. some civil discussion. Um, after studying political science in college for a while, I went on to study in geology, mm-hmm. where I'm involved in uh, hard rocks instead of hard heads, <laughs> as I, I was in it. politics. <laughs> But I've also oh, gotten into um, other things such as paleontology and, and archaeology and anthropology as well in uh, research I've done. Made some wonderful discoveries, and uh, we can discuss that some more later, but all of that has just really, it's driven me closer to God and some of my scientist friends. Some of them understand it. They really do. And some of them don't. Yeah. Um, it seems like the the further we go with science, the more we believe in creation. We we see that what God said and He's created. We see there's really no other way. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's that's something we can discuss today. But All that's right. um, that's that's me. Uh, now I've never worked in any scientific field i was an army officer for several years and then worked in construction after i got out of the army and so science has just been my avocation i love it and uh, some people golf i get out in the field in the mountains and caves and so and, cool. and look at rocks so cool i'm so excited <laughs> me too one i feel like i'm for sure yeah. i'm majority of the time this is always true of me but i'm more aware of it today I'm the dumbest one at the table. <laughs> <laughs> a rock. That, that loud <laughs> laughter was because <clears throat> I also have that mutual feeling about BB. Um, no, just kidding. I have it about myself. <laughs> I couldn't miss that opportunity. It's uh, This is going to be such a fun conversation. I'm excited that uh, our listeners get to lean into this because yeah. uh, creation for sure is is one of the most like 
could be one of the most confusing, but one like a big debate right. in the Christian world yeah. because we want to argue over exactly how old the earth is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if we're going to go there. We'll mm-hmm. see. Because I don't have a dog in that fight. Like, yeah. just cards on the table. I, I'm not smart enough to know. I just know that he's big. But right. Joel's knowledge about this, I mean, he brought in a deer antler and just lobbed it out there that it's probably from the Ice Age. Yep, casually. Casually. Yep. So uh, I wish you were in the room with us, listeners, but you get oh, to lean yeah. into this conversation, so I'm excited. Yeah, super excited. And not only are we addressing today the doctrine of creation, but we're also talking about providence. Um, and really excited to talk about how those two things can coexist yeah. and how they agree together and how they magnify one another. So let's go. Let's go. So the main idea for today is God, by his providence, has sovereignly spoken creation into being for his glory and is working out everything for the glory of his own name. And so the goal is that we want to be able to explain the work of God in creation. And we also want to understand and explain the providence of God and how those two things can, in fact, Mm. agree and how they mirror one another. So I want to start by sharing a quote from Paul David Tripp. It pleased God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the beginning to make from nothing every visible or invisible thing that exists and to declare that all he had made was very good. And he did this so his eternal power, wisdom, and goodness would be on constant display for all to see. For all to see. It pleased God. And not just Mm. God, but God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so God has always existed. All of creation exists to make much of who God is. Mm. And so I want to kind of start with this question, lobbing it out for any receiver at our table. But what is what is God's ultimate goal in creation, with creation, through creation? Like what's the why and why should that cause us to marvel at God? Yeah, so um I think Ultimately, throughout Scripture, what we see is his ultimate goal through speaking existence into being is that his name would be made known, but that he would get glory for everything, that we would glorify God. And when we look at creation, when we look at a sunset, when we look at a mountain range, when we, whatever it may be, we would glorify God. When we look at humanity and how he has created us, when we look at the beauty of animals like we would glorify God. I, I think it's a simple, it's a complex thing, but I think it's as simple as that idea that God has, God has made everything for his name to be glorified, that we would, that we would be in awe of who he is. Yeah. It would, it would spark worship in our hearts. Even because the reality is, uh, Romans one tells us that even the unbeliever, even the person that does not know who Jesus is, has an, idea that there is a God because of creation. So even in creation, God's proving who he is so that we would worship him. Right. And um, so I think the ultimate goal in all that God does is the, his name would be glorified. Yeah. But I think like, and then we could dive deep into like what it does personally to us when we see, because everyone has a different reaction to um, 
like Joel loves going in out into the wilderness and looking at rocks and studying and seeing that, you know, like that's not my hobby, but right. I love that it's your hobby. Right. And so what do you think, Joel? What do you think God's ultimate goal in creation is? Um, to demonstrate his power and glory, but also, you know, he knew That's that good. he was going to create us. Yeah. You, you, me. And um, I think he wanted to not only show his power and glory, but also provide us with something that is very appealing to us. Mm. You know, it doesn't have to be in majestic mountains or somewhere. It can be walking through my neighborhood, and I see this mm. cardinal or that daffodil, mm-hmm. and I say, thank you, Lord, for all this creating. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's it's for us, too, so that we w- would have something enjoyable yeah. after he did create us. Yeah. yeah, that's good. I mean, you see that in the creation narrative, in the garden, yeah. like that they walk around and there's enjoyment. Like God is for our joy. He's for our pleasure. And he created this perfect area, this perfect garden environment for pleasure to take place. Like God isn't against pleasure. Right. He's for it. And so, yeah, I think that's good. It's a good idea. Yeah. And seeing it is what provokes worship in us. It's that reminder when I see the beauty in all of creation somebody had to do this Mm -hmm. and i know that somebody personally i have a personal relationship with god himself and so when i see the work of his hand if at any point i allow myself to believe it is coincidental or it was not intentionally crafted Mm -hmm. by the creator himself then my worship is out of place it should direct my eyes back to him it should cause me to marvel at the creator himself yep so with creation there there are lots of different elements that we could talk about i think one that i would like to kind of discuss a little bit is the element of mystery in it right bb's kind of alluded to that already that there are so many theories there are so many theories behind creation and everybody wants to know things that the bible does not necessarily specify right that's one of the things that we talked about last semester and established is there are certain questions that we have and just in our curiosity and our human nature that the bible has not given us those answers it is not the most important thing for us to know but there is a true element of mystery yeah we know so much and then outside of that for me, I think in questions, and so I've got a million of them. But I love what J.I. Packer says about this, that to say he created out of nothing is to confess the mystery, it's not to explain it. Mm. And so there's got to be this settling in our hearts with the element of mystery, the same way we've talked about it in the Trinity, the same way we've talked about it in Revelation, that I'm not going to be able to understand all that I want to understand. Right. Sometimes my reverence, my worship looks like the confession that it is beyond my understanding. And so, Joel, I know you've spent a lot of your life mm. devoted to sciences and studying and just growing in knowledge because you love it. God has given you a passion for that. How do you think we reconcile the tension of the mystery 
with your deep desire to study and to research and to learn? How can those two things coexist? Um, I've had a lot of association with various scientists. I've been in the member of the Georgia Academy of Science for decades, actually, and have been to conferences and listened to people um, talk about various ideas that they have about how things were made. Hmm. Trying to stay away from the word creation because they don't want to use that word creation. And I've listened to some of these things, and I have to tell them sometimes that You've got stronger faith than I do because there is no way that that could ever happen and cause what we have today. Um, You know, I feel that God put not only things here, but he established processes. Things we have like erosion that have always gone on. And I got to believe that he had some intention for that erosion. It might be for wearing down this mountain or for rounding off that pebble or that rock that's in the stream bed. And um, if we believe in creation, I, I, I think anyhow that we have to believe that he also put in place processes. Now, <clears throat> you know, when it comes to talking about how long things take and all that, I just don't get caught up in those kind of discussions. Yeah. I, I mean, not in an argumentative way, anyhow. I'm a very impatient person. Mm-hmm. All you need to do is ask Sharon about that. And I think she's <laughs> impatient, too, with me. <laughs> <clears throat> but I'm impatient. And if it was me, if it were me, creating, I think I would have created a lot of stuff already there, real nice, you know, instead of just creating this and putting it in place and letting man's brain which i also created take over from there Mm. and also processes out in nature and i think god could have created us at any point that he wanted to but i have to have even more respect for his power and glory that he could put things in motion and be patient enough and just let it work out wow that's really good that's awesome that's really good and that brings me to the other element that was so good, Joel, of wanting to talk about the creative power, right? That in the mystery, it also reconciles the the power that God used to do such and to recognize, like, I don't have that. (laughs) I I don't have that creative power that he does. And it's not only sustaining, but it's divine creation. And specifically, we see this in regeneration. So, Bibi, help us understand what is regeneration? What does that mean in his creative power? Yeah, so we got to remember that uh, Genesis 1 and 2, we see God creates everything perfectly. Uh, Adam and Eve are holy because they are without sin. Uh, they walk in communion with God. They, they're they literally, uh, I love that scripture says they walked in the cool of the day with God. So they're going on evening strolls. With God Almighty. That's right. And um, and then sin fractures it. Uh, so next week we'll talk about the idea of sin and humanity and how that lines up. But the idea of um, we, because of our sin, we were dead. Spiritually dead and, death, and physical death enters the scene in that moment. Right. Um, so our hearts needed... They needed healing. They needed to be rebirthed. And so regeneration is 
the renewing, the revival of what was dead and making it alive. And so I love that idea that that creation isn't just about the beauty of what we see. Creation is also what he's done within us. That's right. Um, and so the creative power that we, God doesn't just speak things into existence um, and then just lets it go, but that he, he's actively engaging and he's the agent yeah. of regeneration in our hearts. Like if you're dead, you can't make yourself alive. Right. So we needed someone to make us alive. And he has the power not to just speak the universe into existence. Mm-hmm. He has the power to speak life back into us mm-hmm. and um, even out of our rebellion, which I'm jumping ahead of myself because that's next week. But um, I love that idea of yeah. that he's actively engaging in the smallest molecule or the smallest pebble in the stream and also into the inner parts of who we are mm-hmm. as people. Yeah. Um, which is really cool. I wanted to ask because, um, you know, on this podcast, we don't we don't normally have scientists on mm. with us, but we do today. That's right. And especially talking about creation. So, host, I'm sorry, I'm stealing. I want to go with the question. Thunder. Go for it. Um, Christians, we we confess Jay Packer the idea. We don't we don't try to explain the mystery of creation, but we confess it. Yep. That out of nothing, he created everything. And I'm sure in the uh, scientific community, that's that's a difficult thing, right? Because science is all about what we can put our hands on and mm-hmm. study and hypothesis and the- like all this kind of stuff. And so, what what do you what has been your um, like? How do you how do you handle that in conversations? I know you, you said you don't really engage in debates about it, but like, how do you handle that? That there was nothing, and then God created. Like, how do you handle that conversation for a listener that maybe is having that conversation? Yeah. That's the debate. That's the apologetic that they're facing. How can we believe in a God? Like there had to be the big bang or evolution or whatever it is. And, um, how do you handle that conversation of like out of nothing, God created everything. Okay. Well, that's, that's where faith kicks in. Yeah. Um, with, with scientists, you know, you've got, something you see there and you want to understand how it came to be and and where it's going from there even and give a reason that you can put down on paper and 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 none of that really is faith except when it comes to like i was saying earlier some of these hypotheses that i've heard advanced concerning where we came from um you know where there are lightning bolts striking some o's or aliens from another planet i've heard all these kind of things I told people you know you got a stronger faith than i do it's just misplaced mm. and um mm. and, and and that's what our 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 life is built on is, is faith um and and we all have faith in different measures and when you came in here this morning and flipped a light switch you had faith that that would come on yeah mm. yeah but this is the stronger faith the biggest faith we can possibly have mm. um of where did we come from and that God created out of nothing. Okay. where did God come from? Well, that's stuff that I can't explain. Mm. Right. I'm, 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 you know, pretty simple guy myself and I can't begin to explain it. And, and, and we take it on faith that the, what the Bible says is true. Yeah. Now there's, um, you know, a lot of things that questions we can come up with that are not answered in the Bible. Yeah. And that goes back to your quote you had from, was it? Packer. Packer, yeah. yes. 
about uh, this is the, the mystery. Yeah, mystery is a word that um, that Kelsey used a minute ago. Um, that w- that we can't explain. Explain and 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 I don't really know why God left it that way. Yeah, I, I guess maybe because that Bible would be much thicker, you know, for Him to explain everything. But we're always going to come up with with questions, and and people want to throw that at you as a Christian. Well, you know, where did Cain's wife come from? Yeah. You know. And I was wondering how long was it between the time Adam was created and Eve was created? Mm-hmm. And, and there's a reason that these questions aren't answered. And we as scientists, I don't think, can ever, will never really get a hold of it. It's, it's faith. Right. That's good. Right. It's good. It's the beauty, too, of like, I love that you alluded to, one, we just threw aliens out there. That's don't right. want to move past that too fast. Mm. Uh, you're welcome, Establish Podcast. We won't answer that question either. <laughs> and it's good news that we don't. Uh, we should do a whole podcast on what we think about aliens. Should we? Um, yeah, it'd be fun. Oh, it'd be out of this world. Oh, oh there yes. It there it is. <laughs> Listen, listeners, if you don't know Joel, he has he is the wittiest person I've ever met. The punniest, if you will. Pun, punniest. I think. Thanks. That's why you're the host. You're right. You're right. Um, I don't even know where I was going before that, but... It's the um, it's the beauty of like no that's where I was going, the beauty of knowing where and why the scripture was written. Mm-hmm. So Genesis is not written for it's not written to us in America. Going, I want to know exactly how old the earth is. I want to know where dinosaurs came from. Right. I want to know all these things. No, it's written to the Israelites to mm-hmm. remind them of their history. That's right. So Moses is skipping over lots of what we would think are important details. Right. But it comes back to what we've talked about. Scripture is sufficient. Yep. It is sufficient for what you need to know. And we get all of eternity to ask the questions of how long, like God, what, what is, what did creation look like in this idea? And yeah, so I love that. But that, I think that's the answer as simple, as frustrating as it might be for your, Mm -hmm. um, Faith is not because you know the, all the answers, right? It's a it's the assurance of things hoped for, mm-hmm. and um, and so when you do come across that question of maybe you're in college and and your professor is like harping on how Christianity can't be true because of science says the Earth is billions of years old or however old they say mm-hmm. it is, and some Christians say the Earth is only ten thousand years old. Whatever the argument is, right. which are two, those are two extremes. The reality is, we come, it comes down to faith. Mm-hmm. Regeneration doesn't happen because I've, because I've convinced God that I know everything I need to know about. That's him. good. Regeneration happens because the Holy Spirit makes me alive, yeah, and gives me the faith to believe. And so, yeah, it's good. You you just brought if I can come interject on. here. You just brought up a couple things, really, if I can remember what they were. I'm old. Remember the 74-year-old thing. Um, <laughs> I want to interject about scientists and their, their beliefs. You know, all people in the world at one time thought the world was flat. Yeah. You know, 1492 and Columbus Sail Ocean it's Blue not- and everything. It's oh, not. baby, we're going to have education. <laughs> we get through this podcast. I watched some YouTube videos that told teaching. me it was flat. I'm yeah, there you go. But that's what they thought. Right. But the thing is, all they had to do was go to God's Word, and, and we'll see that we're talking about the globe. You know, there is expressed, was it Isaiah maybe? I don't remember. I don't remember a lot. 
but um yeah it's explained in there yeah it's referred to as a globe that's awesome and uh so why didn't they pick up on that another thing though that you said that, that i just want to ask you about you said well that's just one of the questions that we'll ask when we get to uh to heaven you really think we're going to care about any of that when we get to heaven we're just going to be praising god at least for the first, you know, billion years or whatever, yeah. I guess. But then we might come maybe around in, and ask him, "Hey, uh, maybe in year two billion, um, yeah, something like that." We yeah. don't care how it's created. We're just going to know <laughs> right, when we when we get there. We're going to know <laughs> yeah. that he was the real deal, and he yeah. created all this, That's and good. he sent his son here to save us. That's good. And other than that, I don't think we're going to care. Now, I do want to get a chance to shake hands with the guy that invented ice cream. Hey, but man, you know, word. outside of that, oh my gosh, worship just sparked my heart. <laughs> <laughs> it's nine forty nine, but I want me some ice cream. Come on, Ooh, chocolate, chocolate, never a wrong time for With chocolate almonds. ice cream. Nah, y'all can have it. I'll go some other route. But uh, I don't, I'm just not a big chocolate guy. That's depressing. You're a strawberry guy, right? Hey, see, he knew. Yes, I mean, I just tell. look at it. People. Yeah, it's kind of a fruity thing. You know? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, that was very bad. <laughs> Oh, I'm getting sniped over here. <laughs> I love uh, this is so good. But yeah, I that's a great question. I uh I do think when we get before the king in in heaven, we will just marvel at um and if I do have questions, I don't know if that's the question I have, but right. Um but yeah, I I I think it's but I think for the listener, I think that's important to know. The Packer quote what Joel's just shared about um, it, it, our faith is faith. It rests on that. Right. It's mm-hmm. not because we've studied it and put our hands around it. And there is a time for that. Establish right. is built on studying, right? Like what we do here is built on wanting to have a knowledge of who God is. But the reality is at the end of the day, what we're secured in is our faith that what he has said is true right. and what he has done is good. And, um, and so we've got to learn to rest in that. And it comes back down to like, he is an all powerful God. And so I want to have, and I want this for us as people, like as followers of Jesus to have this really, really high view of God, right? That he is a big God. Cause if he does sit outside of time, which makes creation possible because he is, he was never created. He just has always been. Right. And, um, and if that's true, then this guy can do whatever he wants, however he wants, whenever he wants. Yep. He does as he pleases, as the the psalmist tells us, sits in heaven and does as he pleases. Yeah. And that's good news. Right. Because if it's, like you, you alluded to it earlier, um, if we're in charge of creation, it would have been, right? Like we would have done things differently. Right. But he is an all-powerful, all-good God that had a plan for all. All of time and the beauty of it, even the stuff that doesn't, the devastation of uh, how the earth is groaning because of sin and the fall, um, he's using it to restore beauty. Mm. So even out of devastation, uh, God is restoring beauty because he's an all-powerful, all-good God. So, yeah, even the Ice Age, right? The Ice Age created something out of uh out of destruction beauty and so mm-hmm. now we have a cool uh deer antler to look at and we love that Twelve thousand years old i just don't <laughs> i don't want to move past that 
I, Take I that, B Hall. You think you got an old deer? <laughs> you got a twelve thousand year old antler. Man, <laughs> I have to move past it because it'll make my brain hurt if I think about it too long. Well, that's the goal of this podcast, right? Is to make brain hurts. I'm uh, just kidding. Make brain hurts. Do you love that grammar, Joel? I love it. I love it. I used to teach uh, mm. for a short while, taught college grammar. Did you really? Yes, Did you know? University of Maryland. <laughs> Golly. Among the things I've I, done. So. The fact that you keep coming back to established because I have the <laughs> worst grammar. I was going to point out. In fact, I think I have pointed out on some of your slides. <laughs> Which I love. I love so much. I love the Lord. I don't love grammar. <laughs> whatever come, whatever happens in this brain just comes out of this mouth. There's no filter. Mm-hmm. I can tell. Uh, there's, a, there's a small... <laughs> There's a small filter. Roast BB day. Every ahead, day. Kelsey. It's a national weekly holiday, truly. Every time we it's a record this That would podcast. be daily, not just weekly. Da- you're daily. right. You're right. Da- weekly was a stretch, but daily is the truth. So yeah. I-, I think that the, the bottom line of creation is, I mean, the discussion that's happening over and over, mm. so much of it is just, it's a cornerstone of faith. It's mm-hmm. got to be rooted in faith. And BB shared part of this verse earlier, but Hebrews 11, 1, like we, we know Hebrews 11 to be the hall of faith, right? Mm-hmm. And it's this telling of so many heroes that have gone before us in the faith that have done wild things that God has asked of them. And at the very beginning, it gives a beautiful definition of faith in verse one saying that faith is the assurance of things hoped for and it is the conviction of things that are not seen. Mm. And so the reality of creation is there is so much that we haven't seen in the process. Like, like Joel has been talking about processes and those were also created. Like we don't see that we get to see the fruit of creation and its visible physicality as we walk out these doors we can look all around and we can see it but faith of the things i cannot see i have to allow the wrestling and the tension like Mm -hmm. we always talk about the tension of the mystery also settle in with faith of hey kelsey it's okay if you don't understand yeah but it should draw your eyes to the father and it should lead you to worship there should be some kind of rest listener that takes place in your heart when you recognize that this is a lot bigger than you and it's a lot bigger than your understanding, but he has a name yeah, and that name can be known personally to us. And this idea of creation, so much of this is the general revelation. Like we've talked about in prior weeks, but it's all got to be rooted in faith. Yeah. Not in what we can reason with, because if we try to reason it, we will absolutely run ourselves into the ground. And so I love, Joel, that you've said, like, there just comes a point where I've got to stop the wrestling and I've got to say, you know what, God, I, I trust you. Mm-hmm. And I believe that it is because your word says that it is. And that is not only sufficient, but it is sufficient for me. And because of that, we can agree that his creation ties into his providence yeah. that they are in community. They're coexisting with one another. So what is providence? It is God's sovereign and purposeful action. It's the act of purposefully providing for or sustaining and governing the world. Hmm. And I love that when 
we talked about creation and established one of the characteristics of creation that we discussed was the divine upholding, which is um, the sustenance of creation through the sun, right? So in providence, it's a similar thing that God's act in providing in his providence is for sustenance. So to sustain through his sovereign will, what, what does that look like? Yeah, I think it's important to know that like there's a reason we talked about creation and providence in the same week. Because creation isn't just a isn't just a part of the story. It's important to know what God God sets the stage for everything and by his providence like that there's a purpose in creation. There's a purpose in his sovereign act of making the world the way he made it, creating um, people the way he made them and and that nothing is out of order that nothing is uh, nothing is just by chance um, that providence like I love John Piper says he sees to it that things happen a certain way right they got like that God is an active agent in creation I think a lot of people have this misunderstanding of God that God, create like okay god maybe god did create maybe right. there is a higher being that created and then just left us alone hmm. <clears throat> but i think god is if if the god of the bible is true then he's actively engaged in hmm. the every molecule from the biggest thing in creation to the smallest part yeah so he's sustaining our our star the sun He's keeping us in orbit, yeah. And he's in control of the small the molecules that we breathe in that keep us alive, right? And if he's not, then one, he's not he's not the loving God that we know. That's right. Um, but also, like, it helps us understand that we have a purpose. Yeah. Like, if God formed us and set us apart from the rest of mankind or the rest of creation, we have a purpose, and He has a purpose for us. And he's sovereignly working towards that. So right. <clears throat> I'd love to hear what you have to say, Joel, as I cough up my lung. Well, it kind of goes back to that uh, regeneration uh, aspect, too, that you were mentioning. You know, we have a certain confidence mm-hmm. in believing in, in creation and that God does not take just a lazy, fair attitude, but he's with us all the time. <clears throat> and and so we know that he is providing for our needs. Yeah. We know that, you know, we've, we've got that crop of corn or those uh, cows over here or whatever this year, and we're going to have that again next year and the year after. That's going to be, you know, for us to eat. So that's something that's kind of taken off our plate, hey, pun intended, uh, as far as our worries and concerns. You know, if we're going through life just all the time, just, oh, well, what, what, what are we going to be eating next year yeah. or something, you know? Right. Uh, now, that's not to say that there are, are some people that are not able to grasp hold of that. And I'm not talking about grasping the idea, but physically grasping what they need to sustain themselves. Yeah. There's certainly poverty in, in the world. Yeah. And those are things that we, you know, we, we try to overcome. Yeah. But God has given us the wherewithal, and also the brain too, to you know continue to provide for our needs. Mm. 
And, and there's a certain confidence in that, and, and, and it just makes us love the Lord even more. Hmm. That's good. Yeah. And Knowing there, that he's in control like that. Yeah. Right. And, and there's been providence before creation. Yep. There was providence during creation. There is providence <clears throat> currently to this day in creation. So how, how do we see God's providence working itself out through creation even now? Mm. Um, I, I think like one, it goes back to the original question that you asked us is like, what's the goal in creation? Right. The goal is to show that he's an all powerful and to glorify God then like creation does that as we, as we marvel at it, as uh, we were talking about Joel, like you got a uh, awesome trip coming up as you go to these national parks or as you, like you were talking about, like if you go on your walk through your neighborhood, like, and you see the, the Cardinal or the flower or whatever it is like, and that sparks something in you, God still wants us to like be awestruck by who he is. And it's not just on the physical, like on, um, we think like nature creation, but like even in conversations, like that God created you uniquely you and for a purpose, he created both of you the way you are, mm. who you are and how you operate for the advancement of his kingdom and the glory glorifying his name. And so I think we, we just miss it because we just take stuff for granted. And I think so Providence working its way out in creation, he's sovereignly with a purpose using uh, unique people hmm. for the advancement of his kingdom. That's good. So I think that's how I would answer that question. <coughs> so obviously we're, we're seeing his providence before, during, and creation, but I would love to kind of redirect that focus and talk about the whole fate versus hmm. providence conversation. I think sometimes we, especially today, current culture, uh, like I've shared before on the podcast, like I'm in youth ministry, basically with uh, FCA. So I spend a lot of time with young people. And one of the things that's really popular in their culture right now is um, vibe culture, Mm. right? Or universe culture. And what I mean by that is the way things make me feel. So like it either vibes with me or it doesn't. Or the universe is smiling at me or the universe (laughs) worked that out for me. Right. And so it's, it's conversation where truly, whether you know it or not in your heart, you're alluding to somebody, some other force had to have done this to make it happen, but we want to chalk it up as fate because we lack faith. And so I would love to kind of have this conversation of, can there be something such as fate and also be the sovereign providence of God, or have we just shorted the character of God because our faith is too small and we chalk it up as fate? I've been through 74 years, an awful lot of things, good and bad. But if I say when when I was going through, uh, when I was diagnosed with cancer, okay, I can think, well, that's just my hard luck. You know, I, got cancer but um with god's help i defeated cancer Hmm. and if i look at it that way that he allowed that to happen 
Uh, it just didn't happen on its own. You know, it was just my, you know, I drew the short straw or something, and I got it. But he saw me through that, and th- and in doing that, in his help overcoming cancer, if I give him all the, the credit and the glory for that, that has increased my belief in him and, and his sovereignty and his power and his glory and brings me closer to him. Mm. So if we look at that the right way, not as fate, but as his purposeful doing something in our lives, <clears throat> and, and we go through it with him, we don't go around it, but we go through it with him, That's good. then <clears throat> that increases our faith in him and who he is in our worship for him. That's really good, Joel. Yeah, that's it. Like, I mean, if fate, so fate, the idea of like what will happen just will happen. Yeah. But if it's providence, it's working. It's a, it has a purpose. So yeah. everything has a purpose. Working for our good. That's right. For your good. For God's glory, for our good. Mm-hmm. That's right. Defining good in that moment is extremely huge, important. Huge. Because the world will tell you, Joel, cancer is not good for you. Right. A lot of times it's a death sentence for people. But to have that perspective that God allowed you to walk through cancer and it and it spar- it it changed something in you. And it doesn't happen necessarily for everyone. Like right. not everyone sees it that way. But it's where your faith is grounded. Yeah. And probably took deeper roots in those moments of like it it caused you to trust God more, yeah. rely on him more, lean into him more. And so uh, I'm I was trying to find the story, but the idea of like the um, story in the Gospels where uh, a son, uh, a, a child is, I think, is blind, born blind, and they they want to know, is this a result of, of his, his parents' sin yeah. or his sin? And Jesus's response is so important. Right. It's neither. It's that he would be that God would be glorified. That's right. And so that's we have to see this like a. That's a devastating thing. Yeah. Like, a, like for, and that's a, like being blind is a result of the fall of humanity. Right. Right. And sin enters the world and sickness and death and disease enters. Mm. Um, so it's not something that God delights in, but he, mm-hmm. he's absolutely using it for right. his glory. Uh, right. I think of Paul talks about, he had a thorn in his flesh mm-hmm. that he would rely on God. Yeah. And if we if we looked at the things that in our lives that are devastating or just mm-hmm. uh or uncomfortable or an uh inconvenience and we saw it as it serves a purpose. Right. It's not meaningless. Um then it changes. So like even when we look at like uh erosion's not a great you I'm just going back to what you said. Erosion in the reality isn't the greatest thing in the world. Like you see where uh, cliffs erode and, and then it causes destruction in a town or whatever it may be. But it's like, it, it still serves a purpose. It's one, when we see like human uh, or creation nature kind of struggling for me, I'm going, man, it reminds us this isn't the way it's meant to be. And God's promise to restore it. Mm-hmm. The new heavens and the new earth will come at the return of Jesus, and so, um, but to to know in providence, yeah, to know that you're that our God is actively engaged 
and is 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 sovereignly working all things out yeah for our good and for his glory yeah is massively important right because the reality is you could say he's working you could just say he's working everything out for his glory because when god is glorified it is for our good that's right and um you just have to be able to define a good vibe is not always what's good for you it actually could be and uh, what we're seeing in our culture right now, we're after just good vibes only, good vibes only. The reality is sometimes those good vibes lead to your destruction. Absolutely. Sometimes the most devastating thing in your life actually is the best thing for your That's life. That's absolutely right. And, and I think realistically, like when we're talking about this fate versus providence conversation, it is much easier for me to call it fate so that I get to dwell in my flesh. Mm. Because the moment that I say it has to be sovereign providence of the hand of God, that has to cause me to surrender. Yeah, And it has to provoke worship. And it it has to force me to rely on faith. I, I can't reconcile god's providence in my own heart and my own life my own relationship with the lord and consider anything he does to just be happenstance because Mm. i have allowed the enemy to deceive me entirely and very truthfully i mean we we want to call it fate so that we can just kind of sit in it and sulk do we not oh yeah Yeah. do you not i mean but but when i consider providence like joel's talking about with his cancer like i've been thinking about uh, my brother a lot in this conversation my brother has uh, special needs and he wrestles with the question of why Mm. why was it this way and the reality is if i choose fate or i choose flesh then i am going to like the story bb shared like i'm going to believe it to be punishment yeah or wrath or as if God didn't love my brother as much as he loved me and that's why he created Mm -hmm. us different. How foolish is that to come out of my mouth? When in reality, if I fix my eyes back on the author and the perfecter of faith, I fix my eyes back on Jesus, I have a different perspective. If I trust his providence, then I can reconcile in my heart that if what the Bible says is true, if Romans 8.28 is true, and we know that in all things that God works for the good of those that love him and have been called according to his purpose, I can trust that what God says is good is not always what I feel is good. Mm. And that's just hard for us. It, it's mm. hard when we only see what's in front of us, but only God is big enough only God is good enough and loving enough to create something beautiful from the ashes of what our sin has ruined through things like cancer, through things like divorce, through yeah. things like abuse or neglect or whatever it may be. God makes beautiful stories out of our sinfulness because he is sovereignly providing through every moment for his own glory and what he says is good, not what I know to be good in this world. Yeah. That passage to uh, John nine verse three, Jesus answered, it's not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day and night is coming that no one will work. 
and he goes on to say, I'm the light of the world. Like, the works of God might be displayed. Yep. That's a sovereign, purposeful acting on God through a devastating thing. Right. And um, so, yeah. And I, I think kind of as we're beginning to wrap up our time, like, does it for you, shouldn't it for us? I mean, the obvious answer is going to be yes to this, but like, let's let's be honest here. Um, doesn't it help us, should it help us to reconcile the providence of God with the evil in the world when we understand that it's the same evil of the cross of Christ that is the way yeah. that God is redeeming sinners? Mm. Like, how how do I get to be better about Joel having to face cancer and i'm right and high in the grace of god because jesus was punished by the same kind of evil for me mm. right like like when right. we can spin it however we want that seems to appeal to us really well but when it's in our own lives and it's personal and we're suffering all of a sudden it's not so glamorous mm -hmm. it couldn't be good and that means it couldn't be god but we have vastly misconstrued the character of God's goodness with the way we've defined it in culture. Yeah. But shouldn't the cross help us reconcile yeah. that if I have to suffer the way God has allowed me to suffer in my life, that he allowed such for his own son? Oh, yes. Mm. Shouldn't that make everything look a lot different in my heart? Yeah. Well, I, th I read a book recently, um, Joy and the Sorrow, um, just different stories of suffering. And in it, one of the uh, one of the stories he talks about, like having this moment of, of uh, dealing with brain cancer, going, "Why me, God?" And um, and he he's like, he just shifted to like, "Why not me? Hmm. Why not me? Like if if the Son of God was not spared from the punishment of wrath for our behalf, Man. like why not me? Like if Paul." suffers all these elements like paul has that moment where he goes shipwrecked he's been he was bit by a snake all these kind of stoned um beaten imprisoned like if these are the people of god like wh why do we think that he won't in his purposeful mm. action allow us to walk through suffering but it's the americanized mindset of like we we pursue comfort at all costs and god if God loves us, He won't let so the we want good vibes only. Right. Uh, I don't want anything. I don't want anything hard. But the reality is, hard times produce steadfast faith. That's right. And um, so we just have to shift our mindset from that, and then to go like He is working all things out to restore yep. everything. He's regenerated my heart through sanctification, as we'll talk about next week or in two weeks. Uh, is making me more like him. And one day, everything will be restored the way yeah. it was meant to be. Yeah. And he's purposely moving us towards that. Yeah. And uh, and we see it in creation. So, I think that when we go through some hard times or the cancer or divorce or whatever thing that we encounter, that we should not be asking, why me, Lord? We need mm -hmm. to ask why not me? That's right. Yeah. You know, who am I to think that I shouldn't have to go through cancer? We get through it, give God the glory for um, for the healing. Yeah. You know, which is whom it 
ultimately comes from. It's not that doctor. You know, I had a doctor that he was so surprised when I was back at work in two weeks instead of several months like he had told me. And he says, well, that's just because you're so physically fit. And I said, well, maybe that, but also because I'm spiritually fit. Mm. Man, he looked all kinds of crazy. You know, <laughs> that. Well, he good. didn't understand, but we need to understand that. Yeah. Right. That's right. Uh, you know, he provides that healing and he'll take us through things. Yeah. Yeah. And what we don't want to do, also <clears throat> for clarity to the listener, is diminish the hardships and the suffering that God allows in our lives. Like Mm -hmm. just at this table, just in this room, like we've been through some vast, (laughs) vast arrays of of tragic things in our lives. And we've seen quite a bit of of hurt and sorrow and trauma. I mean, you you name it, like we've walked through it. But if I believe at my core that he is who he says that he is, and that this book is true, then I've got to let it give me some rest day Mm -hmm. in and day out and provoke worship in me that, God, I can trust that it is all for my good because it's for your glory. That's right. And there was a time, and I know y'all can attest to it too, where I could look at the things that were going on in my life and ask, like, God, I don't understand, or why would you ever, or why is this this a reality? But to get to the other side, to know the hope of glory, to know that, God, if you allowed it, it's to be a testament as a mark of your faithfulness, and it's to be a testament of your providence, that there's no other way I could have made it, there's no other way I could have been healed. There's no other way that he could have redeemed and restored. Only the hand of the almighty creator himself could have done it. Mm. And if that is the purpose of why we walk through the things we walk through, listener, wherever you are today, whatever hurt, whatever baggage, the thing that maybe you are desperately crying out to the Lord to deliver you from, may you find rest and the deliverance that comes through the payment that Jesus paid on the cross. Mm. And I think back to Hebrews 11, talking about that hall of faith at the very end of the chapter, it tells us that these people, these heroes, they never got to see what was promised to them, but they were marked by their faith because they believed that if God has asked me to do it, and he says that this is what's coming from it, at some point, I've got to sit back and rest and say, Lord, you are enough, mm. and I trust you. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's mm. good. I think it's a mic drop moment. <clears throat> Let me take a deep breath. I mean, you just feel the weight of, of these conversations. And, I mean, for different people in different seasons like maybe creation is a heavier topic for you maybe providence is a heavier topic for you maybe them together kind of brings weight to your soul but man god is god is not a distant god that Mm. is just doing by happenstance everything he does is intentional and because Mm -hmm. of that we get to live intentionally for the glory of his name and I mean, that, that's the calling of a lifetime. We, we are invited into the story to get to share and magnify him hmm. for all of our existence because he saw fit to include us 
He didn't need us. Mm-mm. Didn't need us at all. But he's being glorified through creation, not only through creation like the mountains or the sunsets or whatever it may be, but through the creation of us too. And mm. we get to tell people for the rest of our lives that he is good and that he has done it. So I don't know if y'all have any closing thoughts, anything to leave the listener with. No, man. Just thankful for Joel. Thank you for being with us. Yeah. Such a good conversation. Rich conversation. The Sneed's just coming in hot. I'm telling (laughs) you. I mean, come on. It's good. I've enjoyed being here. I appreciate being asked to, uh, you know, to come in here with, with you two and, uh, you know, talk about these things. Yeah. It's been good. We'll have you back at some point. Maybe we'll talk about, we'll figure out something to talk about with him. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have to find a reason to bring him back. <laughs> I mean, the reason is we'll just talk puns. It'd be great. Come on. Come on. Creation of God. Mm. He gave me this messed up mind. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're thankful for it. We're thankful for it. And man, I'm really thankful for this conversation and, it sparked a lot of thought in me. I feel even in this room, like it's provoking worship in in our hearts. And man, this is why we love theology and community. We love it on Wednesday nights, but man, it's such a gift to get to hash these things out again and process the things we're talking about on Wednesdays um, on the podcast. So our hope is that you as a listener, that you are also wrestling with the tension of your flesh with the things of the spirit and these truths that he is sovereign. Mm. He is big. He is sovereign and he can handle it. He can handle your doubts. He can handle your questions. He can handle your confusion. But man, if I could encourage you with anything today, it would be to find rest, find rest that he intentionally created and still has eyes on it, through it, in it, not just distant, took my hand off of it but he's with you Mm. actively even now so until next time get low move slow and fix your eyes on jesus we love you guys